Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ordinary Joe's Talk Town. I'm your host, Joey Chapman, and uh, we're just always glad to be here. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Sowers. Glad to have you here Thanks, today, Joe. Ryan. Appreciate it. And we're broadcasting live on the End Results Radio Network inside the Perimeter Roofing Studio from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel in Stone Mountain, Georgia. And I'm super excited to have Carla Shannon here with us today. Um, Carla's one, Carla's one of my neighbors. So glad to have it's you. It's like a big neighborhood party today. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a block party. So this parking is parking lot party. Exactly. This is just our second show, and um, and Don and Carla were two of the people I really wanted to have on. So I'm so glad to have you here. And, and Carla's like one of the most busy and most successful people that I know. And oh, um, I just be want, kind, Joey. Hey, no, seriously. I mean, you, you've got a lot going on, and. Uh, I just want you to tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, what college you went to, and and then we'll get into your business. Okay, great. So, guys, I grew up here in Georgia my whole life. Grew up in a small town in South Georgia, Bainbridge. Bainbridge. Bainbridge Bearcats. All right. So that was where my beginnings came here to Atlanta in '85 and attended Georgia Tech. Go Jackets! And so I have an undergraduate management degree from Georgia Tech, worked for Delta for about 10 years. For the next five, did some consulting, kind of back and forth between Delta and IBM. Stayed at home and had two fabulous children with my husband, Tim. We've been married 29 years this year. There you go. 28 years. Don't worry. We're just hoping Tim doesn't tune in. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I'm not. That's 93, 28 years. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's all right. And so uh, we've lived here in Lilburn our entire married life in the same neighborhood. And that's my beginnings before Three Blind Mice. That's so super good. I, I did not even realize you had worked for Delta and IBM. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Um, what did you do for those two? IT. Okay, so, so it was all IT. It was all IT work, absolutely. In the old mainframe days. Oh, of yeah. Dating myself. Wow, that's so cool. I say, oh, yeah, like I know anything about <laughs> IT. I mean, I literally, I mean, Jesse's last our producers, like he goes, you can't even set the equipment up. You've done every day for the last six months. You're like, what does this do again? So, so it's okay. I digress. Well, believe me, it's left me now. You okay. miss it right. and it moves right on. Okay. No, I, I totally hear you. What about, um, I, I, and I also want to start talking a little bit about your business and, um, for everybody that doesn't know, Carla owns Three Blind Mice, and it's a one great... One of the owners. One of the owners of Three Blind Mice. That's a good point. And uh, it's, a, it's a super restaurant in Lilburn, and I know everybody that I talk to is just so glad that they're here because it's it's one of the better restaurants in the whole city or the whole town. Oh. It really is. And, you. uh, and you're on Town Talk. So you've made it to the next level. Uh, and you're extraordinary and not ordinary. But no, it's, it's really cool. I, I, just tell us a little bit about how y'all got started. And I know. Uh, yeah. You know. So in 2000, probably in nine, some neighbors also, neighbors of you guys and us, all started talking about bringing one of their brothers who had been in the restaurant industry for years and years, had been in Miami, Boston, New York, and what they were recognizing that here in Lilburn, Gwinnett, we didn't have the restaurant that was a little more upscale. We weren't trying to be white tablecloth, but a restaurant that people felt like they could go in, kind of cheers, everybody knows your name, but you're getting the food and the service that you would get in downtown Atlanta, Decatur. We didn't have that out here. So we were just kind of listening. 
And then the concept continued to grow, kind of making the decision to make it a little bigger, add a retail area with some retail beer and wine, and they decided in order to do it, obviously, they needed more partners, more money, and we joined in with them. It was starting out as three people, kind of morphed into three families, and that's it all started sitting on the back decks talking in our neighborhood. Oh, yeah, and I, I want to ask a question. So that... Um Y'all celebrated what year? How, how long have you been in business? So we just celebrated our 11-year anniversary. Wow, we finally opened April of 2010. So April of this year was 11 years. We were shut down and only doing takeout on our 10-year. So we had to wait and celebrate 11. Well, that's fantastic. I just want to throw out, so but yeah, I'm working my dissertation. Do you know that only 30% of businesses start up make it 10 years? 50% only make it five years. So kudos. Thank you. Thank you. And, and it was a, I don't know if you guys remember, but 2009 into 2010, we were in a down economy. People looked at us and thought we had lost our <laughs> You're doing what? A restaurant right now? Well, so. the cool thing is y'all definitely filled a void. And, and you know, just, just as a citizen of the city or whatever, I really appreciate it. And it gives us a, an, an, another nice option to go to for a, place, a great place to eat. So who, who would you consider your other, uh, not necessarily competitors, but I mean, who are the other restaurants in town that you think they're, I would say maybe Public Ten House yeah, or absolutely. 1910 Public I, House. That's I, I, I would think wrong. there's plenty to go around. Yeah, there's you a know? lot of different, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this day and age, you know, it's like new restaurants are popping up, maybe not specific to Lilburn, but to Gwinnett County over our 11 years, with all the downtown areas, downtown Duluth, downtown Norcross, they're definitely getting, you know, little by little, where Gwinnett's restaurant scene is stepping up. One of the most interesting things to me about the restaurant business, though, is um, I think a lot of times restaurant owners think if there's another restaurant that opens up across the street that you're going to automatically lose business. And Oh, what, well, a, what a total, like, that is so not. Why do you think places like New York City or bought downtown Boston, or even Decatur, do well. It's because it becomes a destination. Yes, exactly. Destinations are where, so it could be 10 or 15 or 20. It helps everybody. It helps everyone. Yeah. So having good competition, as long as your game is up, the more go, the merrier to it. Go for it. it. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I was always impressed about in Washington State, they always have like three Starbucks on each corner. Yeah. I mean, sometimes even True. four. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how in the world is that possible? But it's like, like you said, it's a destination. The services, there, yeah, but I spent a lot of time there. I was thinking about that. But, Joey, I just thought of one question to ask Carly. Talk about how you pivoted during COVID because didn't you start catering stuff out or moving to pick up or something like that? We just moved to pick up. Okay. Not a lot of people were catering. That's what I meant. Because they weren't really pick having people. But definitely pick up. So from probably second, third week of March in 20 through first or second week of May, we were 100% takeout. And I will say our community stepped, up. stepped it up. If you want to talk about what made Three Blind Mice a success over the 11 years and what kept us around in this last year, year and a half, community. That's fantastic. People, the people, the community, the guests, the employees. Mm. Our employees, we didn't lose anyone. Mm. I mean, it's all about the people. And without, without either side of it, the guests or our employees, TBM wouldn't be what we are today. 
So it's all about the people. One thing that I think that's interesting, too, is, um, you know, some of my friends always tell me, well, sometimes I think three buying mice is too expensive. And I was like, if you have you looked at your, at your bill when you go to Longhorns or Chili's? Yeah, seriously. Because honestly, it's 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 no different than mm-hmm. the bill from three, three buying mice. So it's it's amazing to me how perception sometimes is. And lunches, not reality. And lunches oh, are yeah. so reasonable. So reasonable. And the food is so much better. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, totally agree. Absolutely. I just tell people, come in and try it for yourself. Don't yeah. don't get that perception and, you know, you got to come in and experience it. We, Carla, you know, um, you guys have become a community staple, but, you know, I got to a couple of things I do locally. We we had the same thing. It was a feeling I did not even know how to expect of people stepping up and staying behind us. And when, you know, some of their own businesses were closed. And Absolutely. it was like, look, you've been in it with as long as... It was almost that feeling of like, we're not going to abandon now. And I was shocked. And not shocked in the back, but it was just like overjoyed. Absolutely. I mean, we just thank our lucky stars every single day. We're like, you know, because it's not all communities. No. We're in a little niche here. You guys know this. Yeah. I mean, no offense, but to any other community, I'm sure they're great. But Lilburn, (laughs) Lilburn stepped up to the plate when necessary. And they they have continued. That's so cool. I mean, we are so busy right now because now that you can get out, they're coming out. That's fantastic. We expanded our patio. Those that don't feel comfortable coming inside still sit out. And those that want to be inside, come inside. I, I did want to ask you, too, because I noticed sometimes y'all, y'all, y'all specifically go after like five or six menu items or something like that. Is that is that strategy? Is uh, yeah, I would say maybe seven or eight. But okay, yeah. seven so especially with dinner. So you just you know you don't want to overwhelm your kitchen. You want to do what you do and do it really well. Since, so since I'm not in the food business, but I always thought that was maybe a keep it simple, stupid kind of added. Yeah, you know, kind of I mean, kind of thing. It's more just making sure that the dishes you do are done well. Done really well. Yeah. And I can say everything up there that I've ever had has been delicious. So super excited to talk about it. Um, What about uh, just advice for anybody that's maybe considering going into business? Um, What would you tell young people? So I I would say the number one thing I would tell them is be passionate about what you're going into. If you don't have a passion for something, you're not going to make it a success. You got to make sure that what you're choosing to do is not just you know, something you're like, oh, maybe I'll try that. It needs, you need to have passion for it and be able to stick with it. And if we want to talk on the money side of things, sure. always know you need more than what you think <laughs> oh, you need. Yeah. So if you're going to go into it, just recognize that if you think you need this amount, you know, jump, know it's going to bump up. I, I, mean. I had somebody recently doing business with one of my businesses and, um, they, this was like a few hundred dollars and they, they, um, they did one thing that they had asked me to come in and do and just a little tiny thing. And then they said, we're going to have to postpone a few months. So we do the next one. And I'm like, it's a startup business. I'm like, yeah. what exactly have you saved? I mean, the thing I was doing was just a favor. And like, well, so that's put us back a few months. And I'm like, I mean, this is like going out to a really nice anniversary dinner thing. I did. I mean, it's like, we can't do next month and I'm like, or the business. And I'm like, you think business just make money from right. day one? No, that's 100% a comedy. No. no. 
Now, and you know, I can't say that because I haven't finished the dissertation, but I have my hunches. So yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. I appreciate the advice too. That was a real. <laughs> I have a quick question, Carla. What? What? How quickly did y'all have to pivot? Um, you know, we've used the term over and over and over and over and over. Repivot, repivot. But how quickly did y'all have to go? I mean, we've been a sit-down restaurant for all these years, and now we're gonna be relying on people picking up food and get it and do it quickly. I mean, how long? Like did, a day or two. Yeah. So I mean, we just sat down with the menu. We actually did some items that we've never done in in ten or at the time almost ten years, I guess. Because I mean, who was wanting to take a thirty dollar New York strip out? Surprisingly enough, people started asking for it, and we did put it back. But when we started looking at the menu, we were like, do things that travel well, do things that people feel like they can take home for themselves or family. I mean, we did barbecue. We'd never done barbecue in 11 <laughs> years. We threw barbecue on there. We were doing sandwiches that we felt like traveled. We were doing pastas. Not that we don't do pasta, but we it was definitely a different menu than what you typically get. When you... Uh when you started doing more and more takeout, has the has has I was curious if the pricing of packaging has gone up significantly since COVID hit, or is it? Because I was a wondering. Bit. If it, was, it wasn't drastic. Okay, good. And there's I just wonder if there was a supply and food demand now issue. Gone up. Yeah, right. That's for sure because of not even so much just because of food, but because of the trucking industry oh, yeah. and people and getting it there. Well, let me ask you a question. I'll just piggyback on Joey. Um, so from those things you did early on new dishes did you keep some of them once you reopened or did you go back to the old i mean did you keep some of the things you were doing in the transitional area or or did you get better at some ways in business because of the transition time um, we pretty much went back to the old standards i mean we did keep a few things around to transition for a month or two because even when we reopened the first two or three weeks we were only outside oh okay and then we moved back into indoor indoor dining and then we were only at 25%. That's right. And then we finally grew to 50%. And then, so it was a slow, and during that time, we were still doing a lot of takeout. We still are doing I was gonna say, a did people decent still, amount of takeout. Not like last year, but, but still more but than still, it was historically. Okay. Still historically more than it was pre the the. So that'll probably be something that will continue at some Absolutely. level higher than the COVID. Okay. But I will tell you that does put extra stress on your kitchen when you have a full restaurant and then you're also trying to do takeout on top of a hundred people sitting in. So it has its challenges. I bet. I mean, we're a small kitchen. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's interesting. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, these, these, like you said, Ryan pivoting is, 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 is amazing in this day and age. I mean, you just gotta be ready for anything. It seems like, but, and, and then paying for the restaurant and when, when there's nobody there to, sit down in it. But I mean, thank God for Georgia's governor that we were allowed to stay open more than some of these other states, I would say. Yep. A little plug for the governor there, I guess. But Well, well and, and, and too, I would say in your business, just like gyms and other things went through, all these phase-in things and how do you bring employees in and yet customers in, then people are mad because their food's late. And then it, it would seem to me, and I'm, you know, it's one of the most difficult businesses probably in the world to, to run. 100%. I mean, it was, a, <laughs> it was a juggling act. I mean, it still is. I mean, you definitely were just trying to figure out, like, okay, so now what do we do next? And all right, so tonight we had 50 people call in. Oh, goodness. What if they go tell? And now it's a hunt. So it was also trying to figure out how much food to order. Yeah. I mean, the ordering was 
super difficult during that time. Mm. So who do you, who do you use as, as your food service oh, purveyor? Gosh. We try to stay as local as we can yeah. with like our proteins, fish, you know, beef, chicken. So we use farmers and fishermen as a local one. We use Halpern's Inland Sea. I mean, there's a lot of those that are local here. Of course, we do use some of the bigger ones, like your U.S. Foods, PPG, all them, PFG, I guess I should say, yeah. for like your staple items. And then a lot of some of the farmers in local areas that have um, produce places around, mainly coming some of them from the farmer's market. So y'all do try to get a little farm-to-table type atmosphere. I, you know, I typically don't like using, using that, that word. term. Yeah. Because, I mean, yes and no. Right. I would... I would say Three Blind Mice is a scratch kitchen. I mean, no, it didn't just get cut and killed and brought to TBM. There's right. definitely, but scratch kitchen, we don't buy anything pre-made. Everything no. we do from sauces, dressings, we cut our own steaks, we, you know, cut and we get fresh chicken in and slice it, cut it up even for the chicken tenders. I mean, the kids' That's chicken awesome. tenders are not frozen. We do our own fries. We do. So scratch kitchen is a better word. That's, I, like, I like that. It makes me feel good about eating there. <laughs> yeah, the um, the little things, seriously, like the fries, for example. I mean, compared mm-hmm. to where you go, I mean, you can tell a difference. And, I mean, you know, none of I probably don't need to eat more French fries. But, I mean, those are like homemade, real stuff versus the, you know, frozen processed. Absolutely. You know. So... I would say, um, you know, with our community and stuff, Carla, what you've done, what, um, how do you see, you know, in this continuing stages of the ups and downs of the pandemic and constant change to our listeners, to our people that say, well, you know, I'm glad they could start a business and make it through it and their special community, but they don't understand how hard it is. I'm struggling with my business or I don't know if I can step out and do that. You got advice you would share people? Cause I'm sure you didn't have all the answers when you, you guys got started. I mean, reach out to your network. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, every business is different, but if it involves customers, rely on your network, reach out, talk about it, tell people the struggles you're going through. I mean, our community knew. I mean, we were the first to say, we hope we're here a year from now. Yeah. And the minute we said that, they were like, oh, no, 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 you will be here a year from now. We're going to make sure you're here. A year from now, and and believe me, they did it. They did it. We didn't do it. The customers did it. So those relationships, hundred percent relationships. Well, and I think, like you said, we got a special special community and communication, communication, communication. Right? That's so cool. Um, And I and I think too, I really appreciate the fact that y'all y'all hire a bunch of local college kids and. High school kids. High school kids. Who didn't become college kids (laughs) and come back every summer and Christmas. It's funny that happens, but none of us ever age. You know what I mean? We we all keep getting younger. I just, I don't know how that math works. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't figured that out. I think we've, we have, at some point I want to go back and look. I'm not kidding. We've employed more Parkview and Brookwood kids than I can shake. I mean, um, it's in the hundreds. Pro- some of them are probably out on their own with little kids now, or married or something. You Definitely think, married. Right? Yeah, I mean, Definitely we think of them as married. kids, but they're probably what? I mean, they're in their, their 30, Wait, some of them God. now. 
we'd call them kids, but they're not, they're not kids. I, I keep saying that people get mad when I say they're kids, but okay, they're grown ups, I guess. Yeah. What's yeah. interesting about that too, to me is like, did you, did you experience any kind of labor shortage when, you know, that was all over the news? So we were lucky. We did not. That's awesome. All of my employees returned. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. But again, I don't, th- I think we're not, we're not the norm. No, that's, that's not the norm. That's awesome. That says a we testament were lucky. to you. Yeah. Did you feel like your experience with IBM and Delta helped you in any way in the restaurant business? I know that's maybe a weird question. But um, God, they're you obviously customer to- service. I mean, I did work kind of on the end. I was a project manager. So actually, I worked for Delta, but other Delta employees were my customer, if that sure, makes no, any yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. So uh, maybe the customer service part of it, they're just two totally different businesses. Yeah, I know it. I, if well, anything, and I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. Go ahead, please. You asked for something on here about give a fun fact. Can I jump to Absolutely. that Absolutely. Okay. We love fun facts Okay, on this so show. I don't know how fun this <laughs> That's what, is. Talk, talk, what we, town talk. This is, I don't know how fun this is, but, I, but it was a great way to tie in to um, to our business. So to backtrack, I came from a very entrepreneurship family. My dad owned multiple businesses, grocery store, furniture store, finance companies. So I had that in my back pocket. That's a great point. But while I was at Georgia Tech, I was a recruiting hostess there for the go. Athletic Association. Hostess, there's the word. Yep. When you're in a restaurant, it doesn't matter if you're the owner, you're still the hostess. You're still in your own all the time. You're entertaining. You're talking. So that I got from years of watching my father make customers happy, followed by ending up for three years of my four years at Georgia Tech of entertaining families and it. customers. And so for me, moving into the restaurant, even though I did not have a zero restaurant experience, what I had was entrepreneurial, hostess, entertaining experience. And customer experience. And customer service experience. So there's where those things link together and made it easier for me to transition because I had zero restaurant experience. But Carla, I would think, and Joey's the same way, like I take it, whatever business, so we launched this radio network, I'm still running it with the same basic core values that I would run any business, treat people the right way, network your people, offer more than what you're getting. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like, I mean, when we started going, there was a lot of things I didn't know. Most of the things I didn't know. But it's the tenets of going, all those things of building relationship, building 100%. trust, your team. And that's funny, the word you just used, because you asked me if I had advice to give, because you had given that little piece of advice of give bad news in the morning or whatever you yeah. told me. Okay. <laughs> right. The golden rule. Treat others like you want to be treated. And that's in life. That's in business. That's also sitting down at a restaurant. I think being a little older when I started this, I've sat in restaurants for how many years? I know what kind of service I want to get. Right. I want every customer to walk through that door and get the same level of service that I expect to get when I'm anywhere. But, so, but you, both of you guys, I'm just going to jump in. It's your show, Joey. But, but what I'm saying is both y'all are business owners. I'm a business owner. But do you both, I just want to ask you both the question, do you both take it personally if you feel like there's somebody in the community or a customer that 
feels like you didn't they didn't get the service. Oh heck yeah. And I know I do. I mean oh, I'm I gonna stop whatever I'm doing. Like let me make let me let me make this right. I know you do that, Joey, but Absolutely. don't you feel that? Hundred percent. hundred percent like it emotionally like I don't want them to walk away feeling bad about us. I want to make it right. It, it absolutely affects the way you sleep at night. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but there's like there's a lot of businesses I've starting to see that they just they're like, well, you know, if we get back to you we do. If not, we're not. But don't you feel your customers can feel if you genuinely Absolutely they know if you're genuine or not. And they, you know, it can be something small or something big, but they'll know whether or not you genuinely are trying to make it right. And do you listen to them? Did you hear them out? And, you know, did you try to move forward? And Absolutely. I think anybody appreciates that. Even if it's not perfect, they can appreciate uh, Joey's thing of they want to know the truth. And, you know. I was in a restaurant today and actually somebody found a piece of, of uh, plastic in their food. Have y'all had that kind of thing happen uh, I before? I mean, absolutely. Right. <laughs> There's no way you're in the restaurant industry. You're, you know, someone's not going to accidentally cut the saran wrap or do, I mean, that's yes. human nature. How did, and how it's did, those little things that then the way you handle that you handle and it. go yep. out and deal with it. Everybody knows we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Right. Anybody that says they're perfect and doesn't, then they're just but but Carla would you say this lying. is what I often say is, is is how we handle the mistake absolutely you know it's, it's how we go out and say you know I'm sorry but how can we make this right not just going well sorry about that and just wandering off where a lot of businesses they don't say that but that's kind of what they do yeah. it's very important to us is it really though because you never answer the phone yeah. you know? it, it reminds me of uh, one of the guys in my warehouse always says it does not matter who caused the problem we just want to fix it absolutely. immediately love and that we don't point fingers no. we're just like let's go fix the because the customer doesn't the customer. care <laughs> they don't. They don't care who did it. They just know they want it corrected. I do want to ask you a little bit more about your dad's businesses because uh, I'm just really interested in that. And I, and I know he had a strong presence in Bainbridge. I think everybody knew Absolutely, your dad. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so tell me what he did. It, it, so, so he had three businesses? He, he actually came to Georgia Tech, and when he went back home, he didn't finish. He made a decision to my, – my, his parents needed some help – my grandmother was blind. Okay. He made a decision to go back and started a grocery store, a very small grocery store that then changed over and became, um, it was a kind of like your modern day quick trip or 7-Eleven. It was called Gowan's Quick Shop. Okay. Wow, very nice. Th those didn't exist a lot back then. Mm. And started that, and from there, maybe five, ten years in, started a small furniture store grew and grew and grew, became a very large furniture store, actually started manufacturing some furniture over in Swainsboro, Georgia, with some other partners, and then ended up opening a chain of finance companies with a partner. So worked until he got sick, and, I mean, we sold. He, unfortunately, passed away of cancer at 67. Would have still been working. He wouldn't have quit. And we sold the furniture store in his partners bought out the finance chain, but uh, he had gotten rid of the grocery. But you, you can't help but grow up in an environment like that if you're close to somebody. And, you know, I know how my kids say about me, like, they're taking a leadership class, like, Dad, that's exactly what I watched this and, mm -hmm. this and this. But you're like a sponge. I'm sure we're absorbing Absolutely. them. So it's applied to probably going, well, we better pivot right now because we don't have a playbook. Right? Yeah. There's but, no playbook. There's no playbook. And you can't be taught that in a class in school because no one has a playbook for the last year and a half. Nope. This you, is this is definitely something different than we any of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. It's like that hundred Seriously. year thing for real. I mean it's mm -hmm. uh and it's just, you know, even supply chain issues with you joining I, I mean, it affects every business in a different way. And it's just like 
<laughs> you were just looking, where's the end? Where's the end zone? Because it just continues to linger around, you know. What about uh, how many years was your dad in the furniture? I think it wasn't in the furniture business. Probably his, wow, 30 years. Because mm-hmm. I know several people from Bainbridge and they know Gowan's Furniture Store. Yeah. Is it still there? So he actually sold it to a family that was there and they kept it maybe another five, ten, but they've closed it. But it hasn't been that long ago. Has I, it? It, was, it was my dad. I mean, no yeah. offense. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got gotcha. you. Gowan Furniture wasn't. Unfortunately, well, he was the living. Furniture. He was the living brand of it, he right? He was the yeah. brand, yeah. And, and and the other guy thought he could keep it up, but just well, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's the same thing. It's Carla's three blind moms. No, so. it's there's a group. <laughs> no, that's not true. There there is a group of us there, and you know that has changed some over over the uh, eleven years, but. It is definitely a team effort. Yeah. I mean, we all, we each have our role of what we do there. And yeah, maybe I'm the sort of the general manager face of the front. Yeah, it's a face. But it's a 100% team effort. I couldn't do it without them. They couldn't do it without me. Everybody plays a role. We all play a role. And it was what my daughter's 21st birthday when we came up there. And (laughs) and Carla's, you know, was actually making sure everything was taken care of. And and that's what I'm talking about, personal interest. Where For small business owners listening to this, you just can't fake it. There's no shortcut. It just has to be done. And you do those things. Say, bring the business on. Because if you put your A-plus game out there, you don't need to worry what everyone else is doing. I mean, that's just my thoughts. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I just, I really so appreciate you coming in today. And Thanks, guys. I appreciate talking to us. Me. I mean, uh, uh, and not, I'm, not exactly my, he did, knew this, not my strong point. Well, you're good. But hey, you did fantastic. And I, I pivoted and rolled. You right? did pivot. You know. and roll. <laughs> We're creating the next generation of uh, media personnel. That's Ooh. my, that's my, my journal. That's my uh, legacy, I guess. There you go. I do want to be, put a big plug in for Three Blind Mice in Lilburn. Tell them how to uh, locate uh, Three Blind Mice, uh, the best way to connect with them. For, for Carly. So we've, we have a website. You can uh, reach us on the website at www.tbm. You don't need to spell out Three Blind Mice. Just put tbmrestaurantaltogether.com. We are located at 1066 Killian Hill Road here in Lilburn, Georgia. You can uh, reach us either way. Feel free to, I have a link. You can message me on there. Feel free to send me any kind of message or email. I'll happily answer And if answer they're coming into Atlanta for out of time, people Absolutely. connect with you. Absolutely. Connect with me. We'd love to have you. So glad you came on today. And like Thank I said, you, the, fo- you, the food's You're delicious. Welcome. And we're, we're just glad to, to get to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So that's awesome. I'm going to shut her down. Yeah, Thanks her again down. for tuning into another Ordinary Joe's ta- Town Talk on End Results Radio Network inside their perimeter roofing studios from Country Inn and Suites by Radisson and Stone Mountain. Please stay tuned for upcoming sh- shows or listen to past shows by visiting www.endresults.com. That's End Results with a Z. And simply click on the current shows button to hear this and many other shows on the network 24-7 or anywhere you podcast. Until next time, I'm Joey Chapman. Thanks for being here. Ryan Sowers, my co-host. This is Carla. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. And uh, we just will sign off. It's been another uh, great day for Ordinary Joe's Town Talk.